So glad to be with you. It's good to be back. I, uh, I, as I was coming up here, I, just, I wanted to kind of make mention, for those of you who are around our church, maybe you're new to our church, um, a couple things. Uh, first off, if you're brand new, it's such an honor to have you. We're so glad that you're kicking off the brand new year with us. Uh, we hope that you enjoy your experience today. We hope that this place feels like home and family. That's our hope. And also wanted to make you aware, just uh, a couple missionaries, partners of our church that we support, care about. Jim and Tony Kay from Peru are here. Would you guys just stand where you are real quick? Let them know that you're glad to see them. Yep. A little colder here. My apologies. Can't do anything about the weather. Hey, uh, I spoke, the last time I spoke here was December 20th uh, last year, and there's been a lot going on over the last couple weeks, and I wanted to make you aware of it. Also catch you up on some things uh, that we did while we were gone. I hope you had a great Christmas. I hope you had a great Happy New Year. But a couple things just to kind of give you, just kinda, as we kind of dive in together. We have big families. Some of you noticed that on Facebook. You're like, how many people do you have in your family? We just kept shooting pictures, and my, my daughter had a, uh, one of those like nine-foot selfie sticks so we could get everybody in and all that kind of crazy stuff, and, and we enjoyed seeing lots and lots of people. Uh, I, in fact, I think we had nine specific Christmases events that we had with different family people. Uh, if that exhausts you, uh, you're sitting about right. Yeah, that's exactly. But it was good to see everybody, good to connect. My mom has about 700 uh, square foot home, and there were, I think, almost 30, 32 people in it and a crazy dog, so we had a, a wonderful time. It was awesome. Merry Christmas to everybody. But uh, I don't know what kind of gifts you got, if you got a great gift. I, I wasn't expecting a whole lot. I, as a dad, you just don't seem to get much. No, no offense. Right, dads? Is that true? Amen? Yep, okay. Uh, but uh, my brother-in-law got me this gift, and it won't mean much to any of you, and that's fine, but it's a UK uh, signed basketball this year for all the, all the team that's on it. John Calipari's on it. I don't boo. Resist resist the devil and flee from you. Anyway, but uh, some of you are like, that KU should be different. Anyway, it's UK. Uh, but that's the deal. It was good. Uh, a couple other things that we did um, while we were there. I got to see a good friend of mine, Chris Johnstone, and his parents. I get to see them almost every time I come in. Rick and Linda Johnstone, they are uh, responsible for helping me meet Christ. And I, I, I try to catch up with them whenever I can when I'm in town in Kentucky. Uh, he is a principal now at the high school that we went to, which is kind of crazy and ironic. Uh, but uh, we got to hang out, spent some time at his house, got to see his parents, went up and saw them. And then we went to uh, my high school. My high school has this tournament every year. It's called the King of Bluegrass Tournament. It's like a national tournament that lots of schools are invited all over the country. And it's been going for like 35 years. And like all these cool, like, like, like basketball teams from all over the country, they've, they've had all kinds of amazing pro athletes that, are, that played in this tournament at one time. And so I was, I, was, I was actually in town and was able to see the championship game. And right before the game, Chris and I are sitting, you know, kind of in some good spots because he kind of got there early. He's a principal. He gets a, and so we had some good seats. And then these, these two tournament people come over and said, hey, we need your help. And I'm like, what? What are you talking about? They're like, uh, we need you guys to run the, 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 the spotlights for uh, the opening and the starting lineup. So I'm like, Looked at him and said, you ever run? He said, no. I said, me either. I have no idea. And so they shoot us up into this top rafters over here. And so there's a couple big spotlights. And so we're up there. We have no idea what's happening. There's no run sheet. I'm used to that, kind of knowing what's going on. I had no control, you know. And so when we're up there, I'm like, how does this thing turn on? What do we do? Can this, you know, all that kind of stuff. And so all of a sudden, the very beginning of the opening of this game, before the game starts, the guy from the Kentucky Derby, and I know some of you don't watch it, but there's a guy that comes out. He's got a crazy-looking outfit. He had that crazy outfit on. He goes out to the middle of the of the of the uh, court and he gets this big ginormous long bugle and goes (laughs) 
and he just keeps going, and, and it's beautiful. It's and I, my, it, he's easy because it's like just put it on that dude, you know. So and then all of a sudden the teams come out, there's smoke and everywhere, and they're coming out. And you're trying to figure out who to, and, and then they they bring everybody out to introduce, you know, like the managers and every single person that's on this team. And so we do that, and we're coming out, and, and then the music's playing, so we're moving this thing around. So I think I've got a part-time job at some point. Don't know what where that will be. I don't, I don't know if that's a sprint center. I have no idea. Maybe for your high school, if you need me, let me know. I'd be happy to do that. I'm. I got one, one opportunity of experience. But anyway, it was, it was awesome. We had a good time. It was really, really cool. I, I enjoyed watching our girls. Uh, you know, it's weird. It's so weird when, you, when you're a kid, you just love Christmas. And when you're an adult, you love Christmas for your kids. And I love watching them open up presents and, and beginning to help them understand the, 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 the magnitude of what this event means, that Jesus came to come and rescue and save and forgive and redeem their lives. Just what we sang. I mean, I love starting off the, this, this year with amazing grace. There's nothing better than going, let's usher that in into our lives. And that, that's just what we hope for our kids. But it was great to watch them open gifts and celebrate and, and all of that. I also got to take my daughter on a date to, uh, we went ice skating. And, uh, and she's done it twice now. And, and I love it because she's not very experienced. So I get to hold her hand all the time. It's really awesome. Uh, and so we were doing that. But I, what, I, two interesting things about ice skating, at least this pastime for us. The first thing is this. I, I knew this, but I'm beginning to become more aware of the fact that my daughter is really, really beautiful, and other punks out there notice that, okay? She doesn't even know this. I didn't even tell her this. And so we're skating, and, you know, she's holding my hand, and, and we're going by, and these, there's these seats over there, and these, these guys are like, whoa, 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 and I'm like, next round, get around this lap as we're holding hands. I just kind of, I kind of just lean back and, and behind her and go, Just trying to be a good wing daddy. You know what I'm saying? It's just what I want to do. And then the, se- and then the second thing, <laughs> this is going to continue, babe. Sorry. But, uh, but, but in, this, uh, in this rink, and it's an old rink. It's in Louisville. It's Gardner Lane. It's this old, I mean, stuff was falling down. I don't know how this thing was even open. It was sweaty everywhere. It was crazy. But, but along the back part of the rink, there was this window that looked out. And there was like this little kind of bluff area. There were some birdhouses. And I saw something out like sticking its head up. I was like, what is that? Is that a dog? What is that? And so we skated around there and there's a goat. There's a goat behind and it, and it's this ice rink's goat, right? I don't know if you can see it. It's it's right there. It doesn't I don't know it doesn't even look like a goat. It looks like a weird alien, but that's that's a goat at the ice rink. It's like only in Kentucky. You know, it's like this is weird. Anyway, uh, Christmas had lots of uh, big gifts that people were trying to get this year. One of the big one, big ones was uh, the hoverboard. Anybody get one? Get on one? See anybody get on one this year? Anybody? None of you? One of you? Okay, a couple of you. Listen, my, my friend has one. His son has one, and I got on it uh, on the 31st very shortly. Those things are wicked, man. I mean, they're crazy, and you, you got to really relax because these things move up and down. They'll go faster than you think, and there's, if you just want to laugh, YouTube has like just oodles and hours of people going down hard on hoverboards. Well, I have a gift for you this morning as we kind of kick off the brand new year. Uh, these are 11 seconds. This is Mike Tyson. If you haven't seen it, enjoy. Check it out. Down goes Tyson. That is the quickest match he's ever had in his life, man. Do you know how hard he hit? Just straight on. Oh, it's just, just bad. And then I don't know if you heard this. There was a, a priest that was in the Philippines that uh, during a Christmas, uh, Christmas Eve mass, he got on a hoverboard and he actually kind of 
rode around and preached and talked to people, and he preached the whole time while he was on it. And the archdiocese actually got on him, and, and he ended up having to apologize, uh, basically because um, he had drawn attention, tried to get people's attention during the message. God forbid that a, a preacher, priest, whomever, a speaker of God would get up and try to get anybody's attention, but that's another story. Uh, Star Wars. How many of you saw Star Wars? Let me see your hands. Okay, wow. How many of you saw it more than once? Okay, some of you nerds. I mean, people, yeah, it's awesome. They made bazillions of dollars over the last two weeks. I mean, it's been crazy. $652 million domestically, $1.33 billion worldwide. And then here's another thing that happened. I don't know if you heard about this. Steve Harvey, he announced the wrong person, all right? As a, as a communicator, as a, as a public speaker, that, that is your worst nightmare. And it's like first runner, we should just do away with first runner up and just call it second place. It's what it is. You know, to borrow Ricky Bobby, if you ain't winning, you're losing, you know, that type of thing. I mean, sorry, Miss Columbia, but it, it just, I just felt so bad for, for him. But anyway, another thing is this on December 31st, I don't know if you heard this, this is kind of sad. Chart topping R&B singer, Natalie Cole uh, died at the age of 65. I loved her music and just great voice. Uh, her dad was an amazing, amazing artist, uh, singer, and then uh, just three days ago, we, uh, we, we said goodbye to 2015, and we ushered in 2016. And today, uh, in light of where we are, uh, I'm excited about this series because I think it will have much to do with not just this month, and I hope that you'll be here for all four weeks, but I hope that this series will kind of permeate, at least today, will kind of permeate into the, the entire 2016 for us because I believe that God has much to say to us. I love the song choices that we use today. God just has some things that he wants to do in our lives. He loves us. He loves you as you are, but he really wants to do something in our lives. He wants to do something New and, and today this topic in this series is called margin. And margin is a thing that, that we struggle to understand, we struggle to have, we don't really understand what it means. The word margin simply means the amount available beyond what's necessary. Okay? Margin means the amount available beyond what's necessary. Okay? Meaning we have you have space, you have breathing room, you have you have flexibility, you're not overloaded. That's the reality. And in this, we live in a world that has zero margin. Most of us live our lives with no margin, and that becomes a problem. There's fallout from that. I want to show you a couple pictures, all right? Here's a, here's a cart that was a little overloaded. Check that out, all right? There's a horse that said, I, I, I've just had enough. Check out this one, all right? He's done. Um, here's a crowded elevator, all right? Check that out. How many of you, this is your worst nightmare, all right? You go, I could never, I would vomit, I would die and want to kill somebody. That's just the reality. Check this out. This is a, a car that's been overloaded, all right? This is, this is actually us coming back from Kentucky with all these Christmas presents. My stepmother. Anyway, that's another story. Uh, check this out. This is a guy who put too much on the bar when he was bench pressing. Check this out, all right? Two problems with this. Number one, he didn't have a spotter. Number two, he's lifting weights in jean shorts, all right? That's a problem. You should not lift weights in shorts. It's just not a good, not a good thing, all right? Anyway, but, but in this, our culture is maxed out, all right? We just are covered, slammed with activity from beginning to end, more to do than we have time for, pushed to, into the red, uh, and it keeps us from the most important things in our lives. Financially, people spend more than they have, which creates lots of stress and anxiety. Activity and busyness just crowd us to the point where we can't enjoy the things that God puts in front of us, our family, our friends, our spouses. Things suffer. Lots of things suffer. Our relationships, they suffer. Our finances, they suffer. Our emotional tanks suffer. Our schedules suffer. 
Because they're all blown out of whack. We're, we're constantly on the go. We feel hurried, rushed. We feel overwhelmed. We feel angry a lot of the time. And most of all, we feel ineffective. We look back and we go, what did I do last week? Did I do anything good? Was there anything that was meaningful? Was there anything that's actually going to last? And you're like, Scott, man, bummer. Way to bring in a new year. I know, I know it's hard, but here's the reality. If we will take an honest look, an inventory into our lives and begin to ask some good questions, I really believe that today and this year could be radically different. I do. I want it for me and I want it for you. See, if nothing changes, then we experience this thing known as the definition of insanity. And I want to show you a quick clip from a, a great movie that maybe most of you have probably seen. Uh, I'll just show you this clip. It speaks for itself. Check it out. Oh, I can't watch that again. Six o'clock. Groundhog's Day. Deja vu. And I love the, the, the statement he made um, when he got up. He said, hey, boys, you're playing yesterday's tape. And I think that little statement is pretty profound as it relates to our lives because the reality is if we're not careful, everything's just the same. We just have the same O, same O, same O. Day after day, week after week, month after month, and sadly even year after year. And if we're not careful, we blink and it's been a decade and nothing has changed. In fact, everything has only gotten harder. This is a great series, and I really hope that you'll be here for all four weeks as we begin to talk about the importance of seeing what God has to say to us about our lives and having margin in them, having room, having space, having breathing room so that we can live our lives in such a way where God is honored, there's blessing and favor and peace, and we actually are able to enjoy the journey that God has for us. And here's the million-dollar question for most of us. How do we find and fight for margin? I mean, how do we get it? I mean, for some of us, we've just done it this way forever. We've only always seen it done this way. Our parents did it this way. We've continued to do it this way. Our, our lives always run and race at this crazy, uh, cr- crazy p- pace, and, and we just we don't know how to do it any differently. Well, let me give it to you straight as we walk through this today. This is in your notes. Here's, here's how we'll begin. We have to begin to unlearn our lives in order to figure out how to live with margin. Key word is unlearn. It's an interesting word because we don't use it very often. We're typically always told since we were little that you have to learn. You have to learn. Learn in school, learn in in college, learn in your job. Always be learning, and that's important. Uh, Daily, our minds are always processing new information. We have new technology, new innovations. We have new emotions. We have new decisions at important crossroads. The reality is we're always learning. In fact, Rick Warren says leaders are learners. The minute you stop learning is the minute you stop leading. I don't think I need to persuade you in the effort to continually always be looking to learn. But the reality is I think if we're going to take another step and we're actually going to have space in our lives and margin and peace so that we can actually enjoy this journey, we have to begin to unlearn. I think unlearning might be the most critical thing that we do this year is to unlearn our lives. And learn how we've always done it. And learn the current existence of, of what things look like. And learn what it means to do this or do that. To, to, to live and engage. To be a part of the mission. Whatever that looks like. I believe God's calling us to, today and, and throughout this year just to unlearn. I believe that he's saying, you know what? It's time for us to look in, in the mirror and go, what is it that we're doing that maybe we need to stop doing and unlearn? All right? So in your notes, here it is. How do we do that? If, if you've got your notes, let's dive in. Here it is. The first step is this. We have to examine if we're going to unlearn, we have to examine. We have to look at our lives. We have, to, we have to give an assessment. We have to observe. We have to study. We have to investigate. We have to pay attention. We have to reflect on our lives, where we've been, what it looks like, what it maybe has always looked like. And go, God, is this what you want for me? Because here's the reality. If we don't examine our lives, 
we're Bill Murray and it's Groundhog's Day. It's just what it is. And maybe it's Groundhog's Day from your parents growing up and their parents growing up. I don't know. Maybe it's something you, if you're not careful, you're going to pass on to your kids and it's going to be Groundhog's Day for them as well. We have to examine. I love what Scripture says. It gives us so much about this idea of why we should examine, what, why, why it's important to reflect and look at our lives. Here's, what, here's some of the verses here. 2 Corinthians 13, 5. It says, examine yourselves to see if your faith is genuine. Test yourselves. Study. Uh, surely you, you know that the, Jesus Christ is among you. If not, you have failed the test of genuine faith. Test yourselves. Examine yourselves. Ephesians 5, 15 and 16. Be very careful then how you live. Okay? Pay attention. Not as unwise, but as wise. Uh, 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 making the most of every opportunity because the days are evil. Hebrews 2, 1 says we must pay the most careful attention. That's not, a, that's not a, an error there. That's, we must pay the most careful attention. Underline it. Therefore, to what we have heard so that we do not drift away. Okay? 2 Corinthians 10, 12. So if you think that you're standing firm, be careful that you don't fall. Scripture's constantly uh, reminding us, telling us. The Psalms constantly calls us to reflect, to celebrate, to look back on, to think about uh, our lives, to examine our lives. And I love what Socrates says. The unexamined life is not worth living. God's calling us to examine our lives, to pay close attention to how we live, how we do life. I've got some key questions for you. These are in your notes. And, and I thought, you know what, I could just blaze through these today and just give them to you and say, hey, go do that. But here's what we're going to do. I'm actually going to give you space. Okay? Not forever, but I want to give you some margin to process a little bit before we move forward. Just to do some examining of your life. Okay? If you got an, if you got a bulletin, awesome. If you didn't peek over the shoulder of somebody you did, if you got something to write on, feel free to write on that bulletin or something else. If you got your smartphones, grab your notes page and just do that. But we're gonna give you just about four minutes, and I'm just gonna sit back and let God do what he wants to do. But just answer those questions. Uh, seriously, take advantage of this time. Allow this to begin to start the process of this very important exercise, which we should do periodically, which is just to examine, to reflect, to look at our lives. Go ahead and do that. When was the last time you just sat still? Just be. Nobody calling your name. Just rest in, and as the scripture says, be still and know that I'm God. The, the psalmist means, it means to stop striving. Just to, just to be in it and, and just ask God, what is it that you want for me? To stop. To breathe. To not have distractions and noise and people and just you and God together. I believe that if we're going to have an amazing 2016, I believe that God wants that for us. It's going to start with us examining our lives, taking some time just to evaluate, reflect. Is this the way I want it to be? Are these the friendships that I want them to have? Can I invest differently? Can, I, can we do this differently? This seems to work when this happens, but yet I don't seem to have space for it. How can I fight for that? Examine. Second part in your notes, it's page, you can turn the page on your notes, it's this. If we're going to unlearn things and we're going to move toward a different uh, life and have more margin, we have to experience this word called renewal. Renewal is the word. See, it's not enough for us just to look back and evaluate and look in the mirror and go, you know what, that's good, that's not good, I like that, I don't like that, that's good for me, that's not good for me. The, the key thing is we have to do something with that. We have to replace it with something. We have to figure out what is true. And, and the Bible word for this is the word renewal. And the word renewal simply means to renew, to make new, to restore. 
to start over. God wants that in us. And renew is this process of, of growing in our relationship with God. And I don't know what your background is, what religion you came from, if at all. Maybe you've been uh, fed some, some bad lines about, about, about God, and it's about this activity and doing all these things to earn the right and earn heaven. And the reality is, it's what we're saying about it's amazing grace. Saved a wretch like me. I once was lost, and I didn't do anything to deserve it. But now I'm found. was blind, but now I see. In order for us to have margin in our lives and to have a different 2016, we have to begin to spend time with God. We have to begin to spend time in His Word. And it begins with this spending time with the Father through the Son in the Holy Spirit. And I love this passage. I've used this a lot. I'll continue to use it a lot. If you've got your Bibles, it's Romans chapter 12, 1 through 3. Uh, it's in your notes if you didn't have a Bible. If you don't have a Bible, you should get a Bible or you should ask us and we'll get you a Bible. Uh, the reality is you need God's Word. This passage that I'm about to share with you is about uh, the writers of a guy named Paul. His name was once Saul, and Saul was this uh, Pharisee. He was, a, he was in the Jewish faith. He was very intelligent. Uh, he had climbed the ladder and was, was, was an upper echelon religious leader. And when he saw Jesus, he saw Jesus as a concern, as an enemy. And, and as Jesus eventually died on the cross and resurrected, he saw all his followers. And so what he would do was he made it his aim to threaten, imprison, intimidate, uh, even kill Christians. And so basically this story uh, happens in Acts chapter 7. But this is, this is what happens after, as he's, lead, as he's going toward Damascus to basically threaten and intimidate. He was a terrorist. Other Christians, he meets Jesus. And Jesus transforms his life. And he becomes this missionary preacher, gospel writer, um, written half of the New Testament. And this is one of the things, the passage he talks about, I think, that has so much to say to us today as we, looks, as we look at margin, as we look at 2016. Here it is, Romans 12, 1 through 3. It says, Therefore, I urge you, brothers, just underline the things that make sense. I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy... To offer your bodies as living sacrifices, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. Don't conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is. This is awesome. His good, pleasing, and perfect will. For by the grace given me, I say to you, Every one of you, do not think of yourselves more highly than you ought, but rather think of yourself with sober judgment in accordance with the faith that God has distributed to each of you. Now, there's so much in these three passages, uh, three verses, but let me just give you a couple things. Look at verse 3 for just a second. It says, look at at what Paul says. He says, don't think of yourself more highly than you ought, but think of yourself with sober judgment. Some of you, when you think about yourself, you have this very skewed view of you, and you're always way too hard on yourself. Paul's saying, hey, listen, uh uh-uh. Get an accurate view of who you are. It's not as bad. You're not as bad as you think that you are. Some of you, you kind of walk with a swagger. You're a big fan of yourselves. And Paul's saying, hey, listen, bring it down. It's not about you. It's not about you. Look at yourself. Have an accurate view of who you are. You've run into way too many people, as, I, as, I, as, as have I, who have an inaccurate view of their abilities, their expertise, their, intelligent, and, and their intelligence, and it doesn't go well for them. And so Paul's saying, hey, listen, sober judgment. Look at yourselves with sober judgment. And then he says this, because you've witnessed God's mercy, right up at the top, because you've witnessed God's mercy, here's what he says. Um, 
Offer your bodies as living sacrifices. Because you've seen the cross, because you've experienced Jesus' death, burial, and resurrection, because you've experienced his grace and it's become amazing in your life, offer your bodies as living sacrifices, which simply means live grateful lives for him. We're not trying to earn anything. We're simply going to walk this out because God loves us and we love him and he's called us to love him and love other people and we want to do that well, right? And then he says this, don't conform to the pattern of this world. You might want to write this down. Stop living the way the world does. Stop it. Stop you know, just picking up your feet and letting the current of culture take you wherever it takes you because it will only always lead you to bad places. He's saying go against the flow. Be different. Date differently. All right? Uh, when you're dealing with circumstances, don't medicate. Don't, don't, don't move toward addiction. Live differently. Lean on others. Lean on God. Lean on people. Don't do things the old way. Don't do marriage the old way. Don't do finances the old way. Don't do relationships the old way. Do it differently. Invest. Dig deep. Don't conform. Be like. Act like. Fall into the same mode. And then Paul says, but be transformed. Be different. Be set apart. The word transformation here is from the Greek word metamorpho, which from which we get our English word metamorphosis. And most of us heard that word either on Animal Planet or back in elementary school when we begin to see these little things called caterpillars who end up getting into these cocoons. And somehow, I don't know how, it just happens. All of a sudden, they break out, and there's these beautiful, amazing butterflies, metamorphoses. That's what God wants for us. He wants transformation on a deep level, not because we're trying to earn anything, but because he wants to do more than just forgive us. He wants to make us more like his son, Jesus. And when we're more like him, life is really, really, really good. So how do we do that? By renewing our minds. By allowing ourselves to be engaged with truth. We live in a world that's constantly throwing messages our way, false truth, false accusations, saying this and that. This is what truth is. This is what you should do. This is how you should date. This is what you should wear. This is what you should spray on your body. This is how you should live. This is what you should buy. On and on and on. And the scriptures maybe have something else to say to us that's true that leads us to life. That's why 11 months ago, we started with this 2020 challenge. And that's funny, I wanted to, I wanted to show you all the, all the bookmarks. Maybe you've kept them all, but it's just been this cool thing where we've challenged you to spend 20 minutes in around 20 passages. We've given them for you at the very beginning of every series. We have them in the bulletins throughout. And, and, and the hope is, is that you'll just connect with God. You'll create some margin, some space where, you know what? I'm not going to pick up the phone. I'm not going to watch TV. I'm not going to run around like crazy. I'm just going to stop and be and connect with Jesus. That's the hope. The hope is, is when we do that, we'll connect with him and God begins to speak to us and do things in our lives. And we've got these journals that are over there and they're super cheap. You can do it on your own journal. You can do it online, whatever. But the reality is we want, we want you to spend time in God's word personally. And then what happens is the cool thing is that these scriptures lead up to what we're going to talk about on a Sunday. All right? And then as we're, as we're kind of spending time with Jesus personally, then all of a sudden we're, we're having a corporate conversation or a collective conversation about what God's doing in us individually. And then from there, we, we want everybody to be a part of a life group where we can actually talk about what God's teaching us and talk about what we're doing on the weekends so that we can live our lives for him and so that we can make them count. My hope is that you would take renewal seriously in your life. God wants to do something new in your life. Some of you have been walking with Jesus for a long time, and you know what? It's just been the same. God wants to do something new. Some of you, this is brand new, and he wants to continue to do something new. God is the God of new. He is not a duplicator. He is an originator. He is a creator. And he wants to do something new in your life. That's why we need God's truth. We do. 
Our God is a creator. He's a sustainer of life, and he knows how life works best. He loves you and wants your, he wants what's best for you. He does. And I want to challenge you this year to pick up this book, to take this 2020 challenge, and be consistent. Some of you, you start out awesome. Some of you, you got like a leg cramp and you stopped. I don't know what happened. You just did. I want to encourage you to take advantage of this, what we're doing for you. This is how we do it. This is how we grow. I want to challenge you to to do that. It's examine, renewal. Third point is this. It's follow. Examine, renewal, and follow. We want, to, we want to people be people that follow. You see, you can go through the process of, of examining and evaluating and looking in the mirror, and then you can even read God's Word, but if you don't apply it to your life, if it doesn't become real, if you don't put handles on it, you don't put legs to it, then you know what? It's really a waste of your time and God's time. That's just the reality. What's interesting is you read the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, these four books, you see Jesus' life on earth. Jesus says these words, follow me. Follow me. Says it, says it 28 times. He doesn't say, follow me and I'll, I'll teach you some stuff about me. He doesn't say, follow me and you'll get some information. He doesn't say, follow me, get baptized. That's the silver bullet. He doesn't say, follow me, just go to church once a week and it'll all be good. Or follow me, you know, just, just get into a life group and it'll all work itself out. No. Those things are all good, but they should lead us to this very important goal, our aim, which is following Jesus. Jesus said, follow me. He's asking you, he's calling you today and tomorrow and the next to follow him. To follow him. If you're going to follow somebody, you've got to be close to them. You've got to know who they are. You've got to know what they look like. You've got to know what they sound like. You've got to know where they're going. You've got to trust that they know what's best. Jesus talks about the importance of following and trusting and obeying in Matthew chapter 7, 24 through 27. He says this. I love this parable. Therefore, anyone who hears these words of mine and underline this puts them into practice, okay? Is like a wise man who built his house on a rock. The rains came down, the streams rose, the winds blew and beat against the house, yet it did not fall because it had its foundation on the rock. The rock being Jesus. Okay? But, two types of people. But everyone who hears these words of mine and does not put them into practice is like a foolish man who built his house on sand. Okay? Rains came down, streams rose, the winds blew and beat against the house, and it fell with a great crash. If we really want abundant lives and we really want to have amazing relationships and we really want to live with joy, then we have to learn to listen to the one who gives us all of those things. Right? It's true in my life. I struggle with it. You know, I'm going, no, 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 God, I got this. Just bless what I'm doing. And he's going, no, 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 listen. I want to give you all these things if you'll just slow down and, and, and begin to examine your life and, and renew yourself in my word. Connect with me. And then as I give you things, put them into practice and follow me. Trust me. It's like a wise man who built his house on a rock. The reality is we can be one of these two people in one of these two camps, who, two, two deals on the table. We can, we can go, you know what, that sounds really, really good. And we apply it and, and we see how God works and moves, how he blesses us in these efforts. Or we go, you know what, it sounds really, really good, but I'm going to build over here. I'm going to do this thing. I'm going I'm to choose to keep doing it my way. Foolish builder. Faulty foundation. Either way, it says this. Rain's coming. Storms of life are going to happen. The streams of circumstances are going to rise in your life. The winds of difficulty are going to come your way and beat against your life, against your marriage, against your family, against your finances. There are going to be things that happen. And so the, the question will be is where do you want to build your house? 
2016. Where do you want to build your house? Because God wants to do something different in your life. You see, faith is more than just believing in our heads intellectually that, yeah, there's a God, and yeah, he's out there, and yeah, he sent his son, and he died on the cross, and he rose from the grave. That's all good, but that's not faith. That's just, that's intellectual assent. That's all that is. Faith is more than believing that. I, it's not just, I, I believe in God. Faith is, I believe God. Do you believe God? Do you believe he knows what's best for you? Do you believe his word? Do you trust his heart for you? Do you trust his promises? Do you trust that he knows what's best for your situation right now where you are, okay? In your relationships right where you are, in your marriage right where you are, in your divorce right where you are, in your family right where, in your job situation with your future unknown? Do you think that God knows what's best for you? That is the question. It's the difference in going, yeah, I believe in God or I believe God. To trust is I'm putting all my weight on God. I trust him. I trust his plans for me. Jeremiah 29, 11 says, For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plan, plans, plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you a hope and a future. I love that. Gateway, God is worthy of our trust. You can trust him. It is much more. God, God goes, you know what? It's, it's great that you believe in me, but I want, I want you to trust me. Because here's the deal, and you know this in any relationship, trust is the essential ingredient. It just is. So middle school and high school students, tomorrow when you get up and you get breakfast and you throw in your backpack and you head to school, Jesus is saying, hey, listen, follow me. Follow me. Don't follow anybody else. Follow me and then lead. Singles, no matter what age you are, Jesus is saying, follow me. Trust me with your future. Trust me with your dating situation. Trust me with your purity. Trust me with everything because I know what is going to happen. I have good plans for you. Married people, whether you've been married five minutes or 55 years, God's saying, hey, would you like to trust me? Would you follow me? Because I have something good I want to I do in your married life. I have something good in your marriage that I'd like to, I'd like to accomplish today, this year, in you, in, in, in you all, and in your family. Trust him. Men. If you want to be somebody worth following, then you have to learn to follow the right person. It's following Jesus. Women, if you want to know what, what you're worth and how valuable you, you are, then follow Jesus. If you're not a Christ follower in this room, here's the reality. Here's what you need to know. Jesus came, not just for Christmas, but for Easter, to rescue you, to show you that he loves you, not just to tell you that he loves you with words, but to, but to let you know that you can trust him with your sin on a bloodstained cross. And then he would be buried. And three days later, and nobody's ever, nobody else has ever done it, come walking out of that grave saying you can trust him with your future. The best thing you could do this year is to trust Jesus with your life. Give your life to him. Walk in faith. Go public with your faith. See, Jesus doesn't want to just forgive you of your sins. He wants to start the beautiful work of healing you from the inside out and, and beginning to do things in your life and putting you in, on mission and giving you a purpose beyond your capacity to even understand. So the reality is whether you're going to school or work tomorrow, when your feet hit the ground off your bed, Jesus is saying, follow me. Will you follow him? When we follow Jesus, our life begins to take on a whole new complexion, not just to us but to all those around us. And I love what Paul said. This is a cool passage, Philippians 2.13. It says, For God is working in you, giving you the desire and the power to do what pleases him. 
I love that. Because here's the reality. In, in, the Christian life is, 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 is impossible on your own. I mean, has anybody ever rededicated or rededicated their rededication or rededicated their rededication their rededication? I mean, it's just, it's like, should I just keep doing this? Because I, I fail all the time. Well, here's what is interesting about Paul. Paul says, no, 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 listen, you can't do it on your own. But listen, God with you, partnering with you, you can do it. He says, hey, I'm gonna, God's going to give you the power and the desire to do what pleases him. You, you can live this out. You can. And I love that. Because if we're going to have abundant, freed up, lives with margin, lives that count, lives that if the Holy Spirit was calling us to do something tomorrow that we could drop what we were doing because we had space, we can do it. Because he's going to give us the desire and the power to do what pleases him. And that is what's best for his glory and for our good. You can be a different man. And ladies, you can be a different woman. You can be a different husband, different wife, a different father, different mother. You can be a different friend. You can date differently. Your marriage could be different. Your family could be transformed this year because of these principles, simply to examine, renew, and follow. See, in your notes, to, to, to unlearn is this. It's simple. Just examine, to renew, and to follow. God tells us that we can actually pull this off. So here's the, here's the deal. I, I don't know if you made New Year's resolutions. How many of you, let me just, you don't have to tell me what they are. But anybody else do this? New Year's resolutions, thank you. Okay, some of you, some of you are anti-New Year's resolutions, okay? Your New Year's resolution was to not make a New Year's resolution. But the reality is whatever it was, whether it's to lose some weight, get on a treadmill, uh, get organized, uh, get your finances in order, start doing this, start doing that, uh, this, this amazing list of stop doings and start doings that could all encompass these New Year's resolutions. Here's the, here's the reality. Look at me for a second. I don't want you to shoot too low. I don't want you to shoot too low. It'd be great if you got out of debt. It'd be great if you lost the weight that you wanted to. It'd be great if you organized your world. It'd be great if your time was a little bit better. This is bigger than that. Here's what I think our, all of us should strive for in 2016. Here it is. To look, live, and love a little bit more like Jesus. That's it. To look, live, and love a little more like Jesus. What if we did that? How would that transform our schools, our workplaces, our homes? The people that we come in contact with that don't, that have never experienced, that don't understand the benefit of God's grace and his love and his truth. What would that look like? What would this church look like? How would we interact with each other differently if we all just said, you know what? We're going to push our chips all all in on this one thing. We're going to look and live and love just a little bit more like Jesus. What would that look like? How would it impact our community? How would it impact our, our neighborhoods, the people around us that don't know him? the mission that God's called us to, if we all just ran after that. Let me close with a prayer that Paul prayed over the, the people of Ephesians. This was a, a, a bunch of new churches, new believers. And maybe this passage, you should cut it out of your bulletin and stick it on your mirror somewhere. This is one of those things, if you've got to drive, we, we write drive erase markers. We, we do things on things on windows or, or on mirrors. This may be the verse for you this year. Here it is. This is what Paul prayed for them. This is my heart for us, for me, for you. It says this, I pray that from his glorious unlimited resources, he would empower you with inner strength through his Holy Spirit. That Christ would make his home in your hearts as you trust in him, that your roots would grow down into God's love and keep you strong. And may you have the power to understand, as all God's people should, how wide, how long, how high, and how deep his love is. May you experience the love of Christ, though it is too great to fully understand. 
then you will be made complete with all the fullness of life and power that comes from God. Gateway, it's going to be an exciting year. I love you, and I love what God's doing here, and I'm excited about what God has in store. And my prayer is that God would, would, would take these words and that we would begin to apply what he has for us and just trust him. What would this year look like if we all just collectively said, hey, we're in, we're going to do this together? I just believe that God has a, a lot of beautiful, beautiful things in store for us. So let's, let's chase him, let's charge that hill, let's love him well. Let me pray, and then uh, I'm going to show you a quick video, and Lauren's going to come up and close this, and then we'll be done, okay? Thanks for being here. God, we love you. Thanks for the opportunity to be in your presence today. Thanks for the opportunity to look at your word. It is amazing that the more we look at it, the more we realize that it is relevant today for 2016. God, thank you so much because you you loved us enough to give us your word so that we could not just know you, but know your plans for us. And God, uh, regardless of our year last year, whether it was a mixed bag of good and, and, and tough or just tough or just amazing, whatever that is, God, I know that you have plans for us, and they're not to harm us, but plans to give us a hope and a future. And so, God, we, we want that. We want your best. And, God, that we would learn to trust you more and that when you call us to follow you, that we would, we would do it, uh, regardless of what's going on, because we know that you know what's best for us. God, our prayer uh, this year would be that it's not my will, it's your will be done. God, that you would have your way in and through this place, in us individually, collectively, that you would use us to to become a strong uh, floodlight, spotlight, so that people can see you, so that people can run to you and experience you, the love and the grace that that you have for for the world. Thank you for that song, Amazing Grace. Um, It never gets old. Thank you for the joy that's found in knowing you. We love you, Lord. We give you all the glory, all the praise, because you're worth it. You're the best. It's in Christ's name we pray.